and said, <laughs> man, you put enough beers in me. I feel like I can do anything. And that's as good a place to start as any. Welcome back to the most awesome man, Brandon, the sports podcast coming at you as we always do. And we have a dynamite episode 174, your eardrums. Guys, do us a favor. Please subscribe, tell a friend, leave five stars, shoot us an email at mabsportspodcast at gmail.com. I am Brandon, and with me, as always, as refreshing as corn on the cob from the barbecue, most awesome. Ooh, there you go. I like it. I like a little corn on the cob. I'm just saying because it's the holiday weekend. Yeah. Ooh, that's right. We had this conversation where I think it's actually, I do kind of find it disgusting that people eat corn in front of each other. Well, you also know, we, right. we talk about this like every eight months that I think we're years away from just eating in a private room and people are going to look back and it's going to be like using the restroom where people can't believe that we used to just like shovel food in our mouths in front of each other. But corn right. of the cob is definitely on the top. That'll get banned before we just do kind of the universal but it'll be when we start to kind of slowly eliminate foods like corn of the cop top. Right. When, when they go back to the, the brandana holes where you have to eat and they'll yeah. be like, at first they came for our corn on the cob uh-huh. and we said nothing. Yeah. And now here we are. Yeah. <laughs> We're big. But I mean, the people that want to say that there'll be big protests with people just eating corn on the cob on the street and it'll be disgusting. Corn on the cob might be the best way to get that going. Cause if you've ever been hit by a stray, like, corn on the cob ricochet you you might that's your you're most likely to be like we should all eat by ourselves right now if i get hit with a spritz of something in the eye or the face i'm not having it sure yeah people show up to a dinner and it's just like like what are we having tonight and it's just like oh we're just having like corn on the cob and chicken wings it'll be like time to break this up like shifts or everybody's in a separate room especially if somebody has facial hair and they get like the corn up in there that's a top night Ooh, yeah anytime that someone food hangs on someone's face is a rough spot i can't do it uh what are you doing this weekend buddy just doing a little family for the memorial weekend just chilling hanging out you know just just relaxing nothing too exciting i think we might go to the zoo on saturday i think that that's a that's a plan an activity that's good. How often does zoo happen? Uh, I want to guess. I'll put the over under on zoo trips a year. So it was a staple for my grandmother when she used to take us out. Oh, okay. The park was a staple. The zoo was always up there because it was close. And then there was this little train we would ride on, like in the park. Uh, and there was a carousel if we were extra good. And then we stopped by Toys R Us. That's a lot of information. Sure, uh, sure, sure. That's, that's what I was doing with my grandmother, and my brother. Uh, I'm going to say zoo trips per year. I'm going to put the over under at two and a half. Oh, you're pretty close. That's pretty good uh because there's probably early summer right spring summer somewhere in there yeah then it gets pretty hot yeah we've got the potawatomi zoo nearby um so this when you go out at, when you go to for an away game an away zoo visit right that's always up on the docket right that's we went to cool. a couple years ago we went to the 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 madigans and uh there was they had the bush garden zoo right anheuser-busch they have a big zoo yeah. Kamishat 2.0 got to ride a camel. It's pretty sick. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, zoos, uh, you can't overdo the zoo. Zoo's not like we're not going once a month to a zoo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a, it's a nice little surprise. Switch up the pace a little bit. Sure. Chicago's got a nice aquatic. Are we, call, are we kind of cutting aquariums in this too, or just strictly? Yeah, so zoos? whatever helps get my over under on the nose. Okay. Like that's what I want to do. So if yeah. that helps the number, then it might help it. Yeah, it might. <laughs> Can you tell the audience what you're wearing? 
Nothing. I already said. I thought I said. I thought I said that. <laughs> yeah, you just said we were. My recording. birthday suit. <laughs> it made it super, super clear, guys. We got a jam-packed episode one seventy. We're doing rip from the headlines. We're going to talk about that Julio Jones on speakerphone. We're going to hit that inbox, clean up some of that. New Neapolitan showdown. Talking um favorite WWF stars. Good one, buddy. Just you threw that up there. I want to dig into this a little bit. We're going to do the brand and the gambling corner. We're going to talk NBA championship odds. I think most of these series are through two games. So take a look and talk about those Mavericks, the Clips, the Lakers. It's kind of all that fun stuff. Then we're going to finish like we always do with their MVP of the week. Ladies and gentlemen, you're a power. It starts now. Extra, extra, read all about it. Talking front page story all over the world. It shook up men, women, boys, and girls. The headlines there. If you want to be rich, then you better make sure that you got your shit. Oh, come on. Everybody, ripped from the headlines. Uh, Julio Jones speakerphone. Mm. I want to get into the ramifications of this. But before that, just for the macro, I want to get into the legality of this. Yeah. Is this is get fired? This is a bit interesting, right? So there's yeah. there's two things. So so for those that that don't know on yeah, on okay. or didn't watch, which is probably everybody who watches Undisputed, like who's like I need to tune in and see me some Skip I mean, Bayless and Shannon Sharp. Thin thread with Shannon Sharp and uh, oh, it's was it Skip Bayless? That's Skip a, Bayless. I mean, that's a pass. That's a yeah. that's a. It's on the hotel room. Like I'll just I'd rather have the television off. Yeah, like, that's that level of show. It's just kind of like headache. Yeah, it's just it's nonsense. But anyways, so it's on Undisputed, you know, Skip Bayless and always a provocateur, the poor man, Stephen A. Smith. Um, And then uh, Shannon Sharp, former Pro Bowl Hall of Fame tight end, uh, now, you know, kind of ambassador with some of the younger generation players. So they called up Julio Jones. And uh, the reason why they called and he was kind of a a subject that they were talking about is, is Julio Jones was spotted in a uh, Dallas Cowboys hoodie. This is where the whole, like, are you yep. going to the Cowboys? Do you want to go to the Cowboys thing? So, you know, clearly Julio Jones and Shannon Sharp have a relationship outside of, you know, you know, the world and the real world. And so Shannon Sharp called him up and asked him, but didn't say that he was on air, that he was holding his phone up to his mic, basically dear. And just asked him, you know, let me ask you, do you want to co- you want to go to the Dallas Cowboys or you want to stay in Atlanta? And, you know, it was it seemed very un like 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 unscripted and that that Julio didn't know he was on air. Uh and and typically in those moments, like in broadcasting journalism one on one, you're like, you gotta announce, like, hey, I've seen podcasts where they do this, and they're like, Hey, you're on a podcast. Just letting you know. We've done it where we've called people and been like, Hey, you're on a podcast right now. Just, 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 you know, because you don't know what the person is going to say. And, you know, on a, on a network broadcast, you would have thought that Shannon Sharp would have been like, Hey, potentially this guy might curse. And like, we, I don't want any of this get bleeps too. So just let you know. Yeah. So let's, uh, so let's stick. I, I do want to go back to Julio Jones wearing, cause I do want to talk a little bit about players wearing like other teams, you know, paraphernalia and just kind of what that means. But stick with the Shannon Sharp thing. So there's two things, right? There's uh, there's Shannon Sharp's like some sort. He has some sort of relationship with Julio Jones, like some right. sort of friends. We'll see if we'll see if that's over. And then also like Shannon Sharp as some sort of quote unquote journalist, TV personality, 
like I, I mean I know there's some there's some laws in some states I, I don't remember which ones but you have to like legit be like hey this I mean I guess that is that for like like to enter into court or something as evidence, like they have to let someone know that you're recording a phone conversation. Yeah, there's different, you're right. Different states have different laws. I only remember this because remember that that Comedy Central show, Crank Anchors with like Jimmy Kimmel? Like they had to call only certain areas because they didn't have to announce that they were recording it like on a one-sided conversation. Like they had to record in like Nevada because the laws were okay to call outside. But like, they were, you know, undisputed in California where they were recording or they were, they're shooting that show. So legally, I believe he would have been in like under their jurisdiction, which I think you have to have someone's consent before you record their phone call. Uh, so yes, there could be a little hot water, I guess, you know, from a legality standpoint, he broke the law. I, I wonder who would be the ones to like. Yeah, I mean, Julio Jones would have to actually yeah. like pursue something, which I mean, so let's talk about the other part of it now. Like if Shannon Sharp was some sort of mentor to Julio Jones or even a friend, this is pretty fucked up. Like, yeah. If I call you and you're on a TV show and I'm talking about like leaving my job or kind of that, because it, it's, it's fucked up just to like not tell someone, which is just really weird. And it just seems like Shannon Sharp just... I don't know, like turn your fucking brain on. Like, I don't yeah. know if he was that like thinking, or it's like one of those moments where you just like you think something's gonna be like a real funny joke, and then afterwards you're just like, yikes, that was um <laughs> that that was a big mistake. But I mean it doesn't I, this feels like somehow like if it went south or if it wasn't Julio Jones or something like this could I you know, I see it both ways, but it affects his paycheck. So let's talk about the friendship. And then I just like, I, I don't know. It doesn't seem like this would be the best strategy on trying to get that trade done by, because if Atlanta, if everyone knows Atlanta has to move Julio Jones because of this, you know, kind of fiasco, then the price of Julio Jones goes down. Right. Because right. they have to move him out of there. So, right. Let's, we'll talk about football sure. second to that. Cause there's a couple of things that I think is good pieces of information in that, but, from like the Shannon Sharp thing, like, you know, this is why this is why you have a producer on a show, right? Or even fucking Skip Bayless or anyone on that, you know, because even like I think the woman, his name is is Jenny Taft, is like, let her know we're on here. You know, she like said that, yeah. but halfway through when they're in it, I get it, like getting caught up in the moment and not realizing, but this is why you have like an earpiece, like an IFB in your ear to be like, Hey Shannon, fucking tell him that you're on air. Stop it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. And if he disregards it, it's a different story. But also, Shannon, like, you got to realize that you you can't get, like, you know, scoop-itis, if you will, and, like, start sure. chasing sure. this thing over and oh, putting it over your your buddy's friendship because, you know, if he, you are a mentor, if you call him your favorite, you know, call yourself your favorite uncle to him, yeah. like, there is some sort of, like, mentor-mentee relationship. Like, what are you really, like, how, how good of a person are you that you're willing to risk it for like a an a block or b block segment on fucking undisputed i mean not to be whatever but any other nfl player that's like oh i thought shannon was like you know a real one who like i could talk to about the nfl stuff now goes oh well fuck like this guy's in it for himself like this guy's fucking as clickbaity as they come doing whatever he's gonna do to get the scoop and 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 i get it man you know we all want we all want people to come on our podcast and drop you know big bombs and let us you know get good scoops and things like that of course of totally. course we'd want that 
but like i would hope that we would have like a the only way to do that is is like having respect for like the other person in the process and if they want to go out there we'll follow them down that path but i'm not going to ambush somebody to to get a scoop yeah it's even kind of worse than an ambush right because it's not even catching them off guard or like trying to push them it's like it's acting like it's leaning on kind of a relationship you have and then after the fact yeah. like oh like i just like i put this entire thing on blast has julio jones responded at all with anything i haven't seen much i i've seen a couple like ruffled feathers within the falcons organization sure. i haven't really seen i think julio's kind of stayed mums the word on it i know arthur smith the new head coach for the falcons has said he basically he said he you know uh, that he's gonna he wants to keep all this conversations with julio private and he won't comment on it that'll be a new direction for julio conversations for sure <laughs> right exactly i know i read reports that arthur blank the owner owner of the falcons was a little peeved but that but that the relationship was a little strained uh, going back to their the most recent deal that he signed, it was a little contentious. The negotiations that Julio uh, and his agent Jimmy Sexton engaged with the Falcons, so there was already a little tension with the owner. I think that this might be the the kind of kind of final straw, maybe in that relationship between player and owner. I don't think you know you know Falcons organization really like would appreciate that. To your point. You talked about earlier about like, hey, if we are trying to, if you do want to go somewhere that you want to play, like you've kind of devalued our our leverage by by doing this. And secondarily, it's it's in poor form to kind of, but again, if you don't know this, right, you're you're going to speak a little bit more candidly if you're talking with somebody. And he said he's out of there, which doesn't mean that he was saying that. You know, if you listen to it, it's not. It could also mean that he that they've been actively trading him and shopping. I'm like, I'm just out of here. You know what I mean? And I don't. I don't know where I'm going. I just want to go. I just want to win. But I, but my plan is because here's the deal: if we if we if we take this back, it's now kind of much like all this stuff in the NFL. It's been reported that the Falcons and Terry Fontenot, the new general manager for the Falcons, who came over from the uh, Saints, they 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 were looking at trade offers for Julio. You know, they were kind of staring down the barrel of a messy cap situation. That's why they, you know, the extension on or the restructuring of Matt Ryan's deal kind of extended some money out. But they're they're sitting at like three hundred and eighty thousand dollars worth of cap space, and they need anywhere from seven to eight million dollars to, to sign their rookies. So they restructured Deion Jones, Jake Matthews, a couple of play, players. They released a few players. Like they've been making moves just to get to this three hundred thousand spot there's basically only a couple real moves that they have left. One is to restructure defensive tackle Grady Jackson. He makes about like 20.8 million this year. They could restructure and, and free up definitely that, that seven or 8 million or the other was a post June 1st trade of Julio, which would have freed up, I think like 14 million bucks for them. So, you know, they, they don't want to put themselves in a, in a cap strain the way that the previous general manager had put them in they want to remain as competitive as possible but they want to be flexible and it could have been one of those things where you know they could have they, they, from what i've read they have not reached out to grady jackson and his agency to restructure 
So I don't know if that meant that they that the plan was to move or see if Julio wanted to restructure or trade, or maybe the plan was just to trade all along and find out what the suitors were for a Julio offer. Um, but that was something that was kind of bantied about even before this this whole thing came about. It's it's just coming to light now that they were entertaining offers beforehand. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, I still don't think it, like you're exactly right. It that doesn't move from how fucked up and like how LVP Shannon Sharp is on just kind of right, like, right, right. It's two, yeah, it's two yeah. separate things, right, for sure. Uh, let's let's jump into the football side of it. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about just like wearing a Cowboys hoodie. Um, uh, also want to talk about. Listen, give me a little insight on this because it's always a tough dance, right? If you're looking to move someone, you kind of you don't want him to find out about it. You don't want the player to find out about it because that's just kind of like fucks with morale. But you still have to kind of put offers out there. So is it just like a leak situation? Like you try to talk to guys on the side and then like try to talk to somebody you trust just to kind of take the temperature of what you could get for like a Julio Jones to make sure. Yeah, I think like, seems, it seems to always get back to these guys. And I'm just wondering if there's there should be like, I don't know, some sort of honor among thieves, right? To just right. like at least figure out like what the price tag is if you did have to move them. So that way, if you don't get to move them, at least you don't have a disgruntled guy that thinks that you were just ready to, you know, ship them off to another team to save some cash. Yeah, it's one of those things where I wonder, like, how much do we even hear about the phone call? Because, like, what does a general manager do every day, right? It's got to be just, like, being constant meetings, looking at salary cap, talking with agents. Because here's the thing is, is, like, you know, these guys, like, they represent multiple players. So I could be talking about you, about my one player who's on my current roster and something comes up about another player and you're like, Oh, okay. That's a little kernel, a nugget or something like that, you know? So yeah, it is one of those things where if you're looking to move a guy, you definitely want to keep it as quiet as possible, but like loop them in, in the most like safe way. And I think like in a Julio Jones you know, example, it's like, Hey, look, look, Julio, you know, you're, you're, you know, we're kind of going with a youth movement. We're looking to move you, but we want to be considerate because they also want to save the relationship with the agent as well, too. Like that's the other thing, you know? Uh, and maybe they don't, because like I said earlier, there was a little strain from their, their recent contract negotiation. So maybe they don't care as much, but you know, you, you want to find, you know, you want to find leverage even when there aren't areas of leverage. Right. So it's like, Hey, I'll do your client a solid by moving to him to a, a winning organization. Right. Like yeah. maybe I'll move you to the 49ers. I don't have to, it's really not the best deal that I could get. Maybe it's the second best deal, but I'm doing this for you. So you can look good to your client, Jimmy Sexton, because, Oh, by the way, we've got, I don't know, player X that's coming up for a contract extension. And maybe this is a little bit of an olive branch for you uh, to me and you. So I can win that way. We should run an NFL franchise, bro. We should. We'd be like, we'd be fucking like uh, uh, Kevin uh, Costner and draft day, man. We'd just be like two, two of those dudes. What was that? What was the line of that? It's just like eat, you pancake eating motherfucker. So awkward. <laughs> so awkward <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. So with the, with the Julio Jones trade. Okay. So like kind of tra- trying to take the temperature on it. Okay. So he wears a sweatshirt. Any more story behind this? Like, does he have like a, like a cousin that plays yeah. like Dallas Cowboys or something? Like, is I, it, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know. I mean, it's, 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 it's saying something like that is just like, it's faux pas number one. Like, obviously, you don't throw on like competing franchises like right. 
yeah i don't know it's weird it's like you know maybe they work out maybe borrowed a sweater i don't know it seems like you know it seems like an odd thing to to be wearing like as a way to yeah, announce yeah, that I'm being so, traded. Like, it, i mean it's just it's it's a flex it's some sort of like silent protest like you have to assume like the brain back. and also like the fact that he says he's out of there like he was he was saying something i don't know why Dallas cowboys so uh on the football end of it i heard his list is since titans new england patriots you hearing the same thing you said since he's on there too i didn't say no since i said you hearing the same things i heard tennessee titans doing the thing oh yeah T- yes the titans have come along like they've been actively recruiting arthur smith the head coach with the offensive coordinator there so maybe there's a a little bit of a relationship between them uh, for, for communication. Uh, I don't know quite how they're going to do it. I mean, I haven't really looked like dug into their cap space, but I mean, anything can happen a lot of times with restructuring, but they only have about $124,000 in like effective cap space per like some of the cap space websites that are out there. So they're going to have to make some moves because his, his base is 15.3 million. So they're going to have to make some moves, to, to get there. And then what are they willing to give up? It sounded like that the Falcons were pretty much like, we want a number one, we want a, yeah. a number one pick. And I guess like that price, tag, that price tag is right. Right. I think so. That's- yeah. Yeah. Assuming that you get a healthy Julio Jones yeah. and more importantly, you get a healthy Julio Jones for the most important time of the year, like the back half of the schedule plus playoffs. Like that's really what you want them for. What's the, what's the shelf life of our receivers right now in the league? Like, is it like 37, 36 ish in terms yeah. of, in terms of just like, uh, just playing age until like, uh, just kind of dramatically like start, like basically what we saw happen to, I mean, Calvin. So let's talk about some big names that retired. Um, I mean, Calvin Johnson retired early, obviously. Right. Uh, Des, Des Bryant just kind of fell off the map. And I think yeah. it was kind of like that 30, 36, 37 spot. So, I mean, I guess you're thinking like two more kind of apex years out of Julio Jones. Yes, I think that's the ceiling because I think he's like 31 or 32 right now. So I think like effectively you can you can gamble on two years, you know, just because of the physicality and who he is as a player. You, you would you would you would think or expect, I think, that that would be the best case scenario, getting two solid years. But if I'm the Titans in the window that I'm looking for, and getting that second wide receiver, you know what I mean? Like it's totally worth a first round pick. If, if you're the, you know, if you're the Ravens, right. Yeah. You know, with a young and they just signed Sammy Watkins, they just drafted wide receivers because they've been, they've been throwing around too. Maybe, you know, maybe they go a second round, maybe they try and maybe a second round and another wide receiver complimentary guy to kind of loosen up some of the, the, you know, the decisions that they'll have to make, you know, uh, I've seen a, a second round pick and a miles boat, uh, Boykin, you know, a young wide receiver and things like that. That's, you know, San Francisco has been talked out too with Brandon Ayuk, uh, their second year wide receiver and, uh, and a second round pick. So, it, there, there might be a couple of things, but if I'm, if I'm a team with cap space that I can win today, I'm go and I feel like I like I'm the Browns or I, I mentioned the Browns before uh, in our text thread. It's like, they have the money to do it. You've got, yes, you've got Odell Beckham jr. Yes. You've got Jarvis Landry, but I think uh, Julio Jones can totally coexist with those guys. You had, you were a couple plays away from beating the chiefs which meant like potentially your pathway to the fucking Super Bowl is is closer than than you might think. A first round pick, give up a first round pick to go after and get 
a fucking Julio Jones. Same thing with um, like a team like the Colts. You know what I mean? It's like, hey, yeah, like Colts I've got – what's that? Colts make a lot of sense to me. Colts make a lot of sense. I've got T.Y. Hilton. i got a Michael Pittman that's a young guy. Uh, I, I have a new quarterback that I invested in. Let's see if we can give him an, an asset to go. And they've been super cautious and optimistic with their – uh, with their cap space. So now's the time to pull the trigger. It's, it's a first round draft pick. Yeah, I get it. It's, it might feel high to some people for a 32 year old wide receiver. Um, but if you're going to try and win a super bowl, like you gotta, sometimes these things don't happen this way that often, you know, marquee players in the NFL don't come up like this too frequently. And you have a chance to go after it and make that move. And they've done it you know, I don't want to say it with Philip Rivers, but they were able to make a move with Philip Rivers and kind of upgrade the quarterback position. And then again, this year, you know, kind of, you know, kind of hopefully extend that with buying like a, a down asset in Carson Wentz. Yeah. Uh, I like, I like the Titans a lot. I like whenever you're adding assets uh, when you have just like, you know, the best running back in the league, like, cause those windows, those running back windows are so tiny. And if you just have, you know, a three down back, that's just a monster like Derrick Henry. Like, let's throw a receiver there. Uh, Browns, yeah. Browns make me feel, like, a little crowded. Like, almost like a you kind of, like, uh, spinning, like, more asset on that. Like, not enough footballs to go around. Right. I don't think that would actually be a problem if you're winning. Winning seems to solve everything. Uh, let's look on them. I just wonder, like, Julio probably, um, not super vocally, but probably a little frustrated with Matt Ryan play. I would imagine uh, at some point. So it'd be interesting to go to, I don't, did Tannehill peak like last year? Is Tannehill yeah. still on the rise? So that seems like a little bit of a gamble to go someplace and kind of, I mean, possibly more than likely finish your career out. But uh, yeah, I think I think Ravens make a lot of sense. What do you think about the Patriots? Yeah, Patriots are there too. They're going to have to make some moves to get it done. It depends on, you know, how you know, what he thinks of Cam Newton, right? Like if he thinks that that's going to be a, a, you know, a worthwhile venture into his, they just spent a ton of money and they still need pass receiving help. So, um, I mean, it definitely is, you know, the, you know, they, the two, what was it two years ago? They got Sanu for like a second round pick. They like way overpaid for uh, Muhammad Sanu. Yeah. Is he even in the league anymore? No, he's not. Cause he was in the he They, he wasn't there anymore. So, Maybe there's like a an open door pathway, like you know that uh, fucking Bill Belichick will be like, yeah, I'll absolutely, you know, he loves Alabama players. Julio is an Alabama player, so maybe he'd fucking part with a first round pick to get Julio. Remember yelling at Sanu from the sidelines when we went to the Patriots game, bro? Yeah, oh yeah, bro, I remember it. Sanu, Tom Brady, <laughs> yelling out names. We're awesome. Okay, real fast uh, to wrap up. Ripped. I do want to briefly talk about. Atlanta, how does this change Atlanta's game plan? Uh, they very, they very felt like to me, like need to win now. Is this kind of fuck up their plans a little bit? Are they blowing things up or still try to, with Pitts there and Ridley, just try to like power through and make it happen? Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, I think that they were, I, I, I don't think that they were planning on blowing up. I think that they were trying to be, like, I don't think they were just going to go totally rebuild because they couldn't really go totally rebuild based on Matt Ryan's contract even with the restructuring, they're kind of like, they're kind of locked into that. And everyone was like, well, you know, if you're going to trade Julio, then you should have just blown it all up. Well, they really, they really couldn't. What are you going to do? Like, 
invest so much money into your quarterback position to get, you know, Justin Fields where it's like, all right, well, I can't move on this quarterback for two years, this Matt Ryan contract. I can't really do much with it. I don't know what the market will be like in two years. So then they might've just valued Kyle Pitts higher, right? So let's get assets. Let's bring a young base because Calvin Ridley is a decent wide receiver, pretty good, right? And Kyle Pitts, you know, potentially could have the value there. So maybe they're like, let's build around young, talented, uh, you know, up and comers and not totally just like, all right, we're just, we're just going to go one in 15 and we're just going to be terrible because, you know, tanking and just kind of like throwing it up, unless there's somebody that, you know, absolutely in this next draft class is going to be a Trevor Lawrence, which there isn't, you know, what, what, what are you going to, you know, throw away your season? At least maybe try and be somewhat competitive, go, you know, seven and it's so weird that it's 17 games now. I was going to say like seven and nine, but it's really going to be like seven and 10. Yeah. So weird. Yeah. It just yeah. kind of seems like, I don't know that divorce with, we both, we've said this uh, ad nauseum, like Atlanta's cursed. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. All right, buddy. Dude, sometimes we just knock ripped out of the park. Sometimes, sometimes we just happen. fucking, we just riff. Episode 170. Mark it up. All right, let's jump in the inbox. All right, fresh breath. Um, emailer of the year for the last two years. Probably this year was just gone. I don't even remember when we did call it. Um, all right, fresh breath. Did either one of you ever regularly use Banaka? Ooh. What was your regular fresh breath go-to? It's a good call. Banaka the spray. But not yeah. So Banaka had a moment. It I don't did. know what you were in. I think it was probably like feels like sixth or seventh grade yeah yeah kind of like showed up with one and it was just like you would save up your allowance like grab one like you were kind of like on it was like a cool thing to have like a couple yeah yeah there you go i'm 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 an active mouth kisser right now so i gotta keep fresh breath all the time in sixth grade look at that (laughs) then you are rocking that no shirt i still don't know why you're not wearing a shirt (laughs) love it because you don't wear a shirt sometimes i was like yeah no enjoy yourself um yeah so i would rock the spearmint it was a thing that like i remember like getting the three packs and i was also like trying i'm i mean you've seen me drink before like i'm built as a consumer i yes. consume shit whatever yeah. i get my little paws on like drinks or whatever i throw it down really quick so i remember having the banaca and trying to like budget it out throughout the day but i would just get like like i'll spray oh, happy in the first you hour go, you overload yeah. And then you had the dumb and dumber joke, right? Which I think everybody is like ripping off, which is just kind of like you spray it, but it's like spraying out from like away from your mouth right. inside of it. The, the Banaka people were so thrilled about that. They're like, yes. Yeah. So is Banaka, is Banaka around anymore? Because it went from like Banaka to nobody was like giving a shit about breath for like four or five years. And then like I think those Mentos the- came in, right? Mentos it's came in. Mentos at a moment. And the Listerine strips. Kind the of Listerine cool. strips, which were fucking potent. Yeah, those are fire. Those are fire breathing. Yeah, but let's not forget about the 800 elephant, 800 pound elephant in the room, the fucking Altoids. Altoids <laughs> came in. <laughs> Great call. That's right. I just Altoids. bodied everybody. <laughs> Altoids are crazy. Came in a cool little tin. The tin was the shit. Yeah, and they those were not fucking around. No, those they were not are- fucking around. Those are just put on the dinner jacket, like put the napkin in there and get yes. ready because that is going to be, it's a lift. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's so like, funny, the dinner jacket. It's the fucking great Poupon. Of fucking <laughs> it is. It is. You, be, 
be serious about getting fresh breath because this is blowing out everything. It is coming yeah. with the thunder. Yeah, yeah. I never, I never, I'm sure I had a Binaka spray, but they were, they were definitely harder to come by. But I definitely, I remember having a tin. The only problem, the spray was a little bit more stealth. The Altoid tin, you pop that top and the ruffle of the paper, everyone knew you were going in yeah. on some Altoids, which meant everyone was bumming sure. an Altoid. But Altoid bummers, that's right. It's like it's a pack of cigarettes. You're out in the yard, 100%. Don't sleep on the cinnamon flavor either. Ooh. Cinnamon got down. They were did like, it? Uh, yeah, they were a little, like little red ones. I like cinnamon and Altoids. Then the rare times they did have Banaka. I'm a spearmint guy. Love, yeah. love spearmint. I like, not, yeah. Not peppermint. I'm a spearmint. Yeah, give me mint, spearmint. Absolutely. That's win- winter green, I think, is now like the, the flavor. Like, isn't that what they call it now? Winter green is now a lot of spearmint. Yeah, spearmint's a little harder to find. Like when you had the Wrigley gum, like the green pack was peppermint and the white pack was spearmint. Spearmint is oh right. Good call. Yeah, I know I know my spearmint. Yeah. Um, all right. You sound like yeah, I'm London. Next email. Um, I heard a story about foreign accent syndrome. Uh, if you had this happen to you, which accent would you love to have? Which would you least want? Um so here, so we both know, I don't know if it's come up on the pod before, but I am classically terrible at accents. I, oh. <laughs> I, majored in, I majored in theater in college and one of the classes we had to do accents. And every, I would always go last because they would, the teacher would have me go last just because I would be the most work. And everybody would just be like, you sound crazy. Like you just don't get it. Like it's not registering in your brain. So I'm always terrible, but I figured out, um, all right, let's see. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to do the top of the show. If I could get one, I think I'd like to to rock the Australian accent. Yeah, Australian. Like, Welcome back, everyone, to the most awesome and brandana sports podcast. Coming at you as we always do. We have a dynamite episode 174. Your eardrums. Do us a favor, subscribe, tell a friend, leave five stars, shoot us an email, MAB Sports Podcast at gmail.com. It is. It does. <laughs> Cheerio. Good day, mate. That sounded uh, terrible. Yeah, that's wild. I would say Australian too. They do have. That's not a knife. This is a knife. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Nice. You're doing nice, bro. Thanks, bro. Thanks, bro. But um, yeah, Australian. First off, Aussies are cool. They are, they're fun. They're not like as stuffy as as English accents. I can feel sometimes. And and you know, Cockney gets a little like you sound like you're. Yeah, isn't it? You know, yeah. Isn't it? Um, so I would definitely say Australian. Uh, I've got a couple of relatives are are Aussies, so they seem like fun loving, hard partying guys. So I uh, I like I'm I'm there with you. The accent that I would not like, and we can't do any of them that we wouldn't like. So let's not even venture right. <laughs> into that. Um, but I definitely think like just some of the scarier like eastern block like russian just like harder you know what i mean like the, yeah, those welcome but yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> right right yeah you know the j- 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 germans things like that 170 of the mab sports podcast <laughs> oh god god oh man so you bad. are you are excellent you're like a chameleon <laughs> it's a chameleon of shitty accents I'm, um, you spin me right around. Uh, I should have prepped you for this question, but oh, okay, I'll go on the, on the fly. Here we go. You'll figure it out. 
What's the most unbreakable record in all of sports? Please answer for team record and individual record. Oh, we kind of touched on this early, early in our pod when we were still figuring out Neapolitan. Oh, yeah, we did. You remember we talked about unbreakable sports, and then I, I brought up a very salient point of uh, Jerry Rice's all-time like receiving yardage. It's like 22,000. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you you and, and, and James shit on my point you're like ah just some but it's then i was vindicated because somebody at the ringer wrote an article that it was like this is an impossible thing to do well i mean if we start getting up to like 18 or 19 games eight but then it's the longevity too that's the thing that's the craziest thing about it is yeah uh i think you're right on that i mean then also we talk um yeah we can run this back and keep it short but, um uh, so the hitting streak, right? I mean, that's always up there. Joe DiMaggio, yeah. yeah. So just as just 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 as a FYI, Jerry Rice has twenty two thousand eight hundred and ninety five yards. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald is who's played sixteen years is at seventeen thousand four ninety two. That's a pretty even with an extra game. That's a pretty pretty sizable gap. But yeah. to your point, you know an extra game. That's one of those things where it's like, Oh, well, they had played 110 games in baseball during that time. So, you know, you know, of course, you know, 30 home runs is going to be your leader. You know what, actually, Ooh, Cy Young, Cy Young wins. I think Cy Young has the most wins in baseball history. Uh, Oh yeah. We did talk about this just because like pitchers aren't aren't pitching as many games and pitch counts and all that stuff. Yeah, exactly. that's a great macro point to all of this. Maybe not the NFL as much because they seem to be heading the other direction, but you know, the NBA with load management, yeah. like MLB with like pitch counts and stuff. I was going to say like that, that hitting streak seems hard also just because the, the level of pitching seems to be. Well, wow, Cause I'm just looking at it. Yeah. I'm just looking at it right now. Cy Young has 511 wins pitch for 22 years. Greg Maddox who's you know roger clemens pitched for 23 and 24 years respectively and they had 355 so they were like 160 some odd wins off of that pace Damn. you know what i mean i mean that's that and just because these guys don't win like justin verlander is at 226 you know i mean these guys just don't seem to to pitch many games and get collect many wins so that seems like pretty impossible a team what's a team team record that seems uh well i was thinking about maybe i mean this is pretty vanilla but i'm just obsessed with the league like going undefeated in the nfl especially adding another game i don't know it just seems like i mean we really don't even get like even when the pittsburgh steelers were having that run last year i mean the last time that i ever thought like oh maybe this is actually possible was that new england patriots game yeah, That's for sure. Cool. It's one time since I've been watching the league where I was just like, oh, they might actually make a win, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, they're they're gonna lose one of these somewhere. Yeah, exactly. And it and it's so tough to do that, you know. I mean oh yeah, now more 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 playoff teams. So I mean, I guess an undefeated team probably wouldn't be the second seed, but now that second seed actually has to, you know, like play a football game and not get that by. Right. Yeah, it's it seems pretty pretty tough. And that's the thing, it's like you know, the Patriots were 19 and one in that year. So I guess like 20 wins would almost seem like insane or 20. Yeah. 21 wins technically. Right. 
if you get the first <laughs> yes. round by in the 17 games. I mean, that's that's like an insane amount yeah, you're of right. football. Yes. Such a dumb point for me to bring up the two seed. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, but you're right. But, no, but it, it, I guess, but yeah. yeah, but right. Yeah. But it's it, also it, like even, even, you know, you have to think like 25, 30% of the coaches just, you know, taking a page out of the playbook of being able to like rest players if you already have the division locked up. But if you saw the Colts do that, weren't the Colts like, I don't know, like yeah, the Colts a couple years ago. Yeah, they took like two games off because they had such yeah, a commanding yeah. lead. Yeah, they're, they're yeah they're making a run at it, and I think they're making a run at undefeated. They just like bench, you know, bench Peyton Manning. Yeah, answer. yeah. I mean, any team record, you know, I think like any statistical things that you're seeing, you know. Um, I mean, I mean, like, the in like what would be NBA like like that Warriors team? Yeah, who, who holds the most, so most, points in a, most points in a season? Yeah. Uh, well, the Bucks, I think, just had the record at like 120 points per game, but I mean, that's going to go up and up and up just because of the three-point shooting. So it's yeah. it's going to be hard to like a team like records for teams are seemingly like the the best records. I mean, maybe you could someone would hang on to like a home run record or something like that, or most threes made or something like that. But it's you oh, know, like there's the NBA winning streak, right? Oh yeah, I think that's twenty. They broke it at twenty. Wasn't it like twenty six games? What did Break they everybody. Heat? Was it that Heat team? Um, no, I think the Warriors? I think the Warriors were playing it. That seems like pretty. I don't know. Oh, 33 straight games. I take that back. Drink everybody. It's by the the Lakers in seventy one seventy two. That's a pretty fucking long streak. Yeah, especially with just like resting players now. Like I want, I'm trying to lean yeah. into some of these can't be touched just because like how, like how it's not like a a day in day out grind anymore for some of these leagues. Right, and that Warriors that I was thinking of was in the '73 win season, but they won 24 straight and then four from the previous season, which feels kind of like a bit of a cheat. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I feel like that record. Yeah, unless they won every game in the postseason. Yeah, they, right, right. They want, yeah. I mean, that's one of those things too. Like something like that, like going undefeated in the postseason. I think few teams. I don't think any teams have done it. I think the 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 like the Bulls in their run like went fifteen and one one year or something like that. Like they they're or sixteen and one. I think they're pretty dominant. But yeah, I mean that that's a great call out because thirty three wins is in today's NBA is particularly tough to do. Um, I like those older ones, but that one seems like. It could happen. You, I could see a team catching fire and just like trying to gun that in the middle of the season, right? But seventy-three wins, seventy-three and nine seems insane. But seventy-two and ten seemed crazy too. You know what I mean? Yeah. Take a shot. Um, all right. Last email. Don't look. Uh, we'll definitely answer that um, best individual record and team record. We'll do it like once a year. Yeah, um, yeah. We'll just keep updating it. Refresh you. Um, all right. Don't look. The movie that traumatized you most as a child was. Um, what's the me, one? I think it was. I think it was the TV series. It was like a TV miniseries. It, like that original it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was with um. Oh, what's his name? Uh, Curry, Tim Curry as the clown. Yes. Yeah, there's like the head on the plate and everything. I was probably not old enough to be watching that on TV, and that definitely stuck yeah, yeah i that's funny you're gonna because mine was a horror thing too jason Voorhees, he can't he was in crystal lake right 
Am yeah. I remembering this right? Yes. So I do believe there's like a scene in those Jason movies where he like comes out and he was like holding like an eyeball or something like that. Like sure. something creepy. I But those the Jason movies, I remember because we had like um, in my house growing up, our, the den was attached. Like we had like the TV room, we had the den and then like the dining room and the kitchen and like the TV room was like a, an add on to the house because the house is built in like the 50s. So there was clearly like windows that they just left like the hole for the bay windows in, in between like the, you know, the opening. So we had like these weird shutters that were in there. And so it was like a pass through so you could see it. So I remember as a young kid, like I probably was like seven or eight, somewhere in there, like getting up because my bedroom was on we was a ranch so i like walked out walked in i could sneak along the back wall of the the dining room to see the little like pass through into the den where the tv is or the 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 tv room we called it and see through it and the shutters were open a little bit i could see the tv and i remember watching like a a jason like Voorhees, just like just mind boggled my parents were watching it like in the dark and i was just like sneak sneaking in there and being like what the fuck is this and that has always stuck with me yeah that documentary of you know it's funny like um you bring it up i remember poltergeist i remember my parents watching that oh yeah like like someone throws up like a fucking snake or something or she's like she's watching the tv and it's just like they're here they're back and i was just like that's the that sucked with me for a real long time. Like just one of those weird childhood just snapshots you always see. But then I watched it like three years ago and I was like, oh, this movie's kind of zany. It's like kind of like a silly, scary movie. <laughs> I was just like, that's what you're worried about for 30 years? Oh, it's yeah. That's so uh, funny. <laughs> all right, Neapolitan Showdown. Bring us to the jam. So let's leave it alone. Cause we can't see eye to eye. There ain't no good guy. WWF wrestler. Oh, I was into some wrestling for a Yeah, you into some wrestling. Yeah, I kind of want to. You know what is like adults, so I can imagine watching it now. But like, you know, some of our right. like, rival podcasts, like they talk about like still in the wrestling and still kind of watch that. But they have kids. I guess if like I could picture you watching with like Kamish Jr., like firing up some wrestling, like I don't know. If he was into it, I'd get into it because I there's, you know. The storylines are, are what it's for the like the rivalries and you know all the athleticism it's pretty cool but i do remember my dad like not liking it and then very decisively oh, really? telling me that it was fake when i was young he's like you know it's all oh, fake I was like, oh. just like here's yeah. a list of things from mr forrester wrestling yeah. fake there is no santa claus i don't know if i can say this on this podcast I don't you know can. yeah What's our, yeah I th- hopefully our demo is above 10. <laughs> Um, that's right. Okay. So yeah, you might be the crystal lake for some 10 year old right now. (laughs) So yeah, I think the height of it when I was rocking was probably like late eighties, I'm guessing. Yeah. Like 88, 89. Um, yeah, probably like 90 range. Uh, okay. So we'll go with some favorites. Uh, I will go with my number three spots going with the Bushwhackers. Ooh. And my brother imitate the Bushwhackers. Do you remember they come down? Yep. They do that. We look like the Bushwhackers right now. Yeah, they would lick each other's armpits. 
Yeah, that was, that's a wild move. Yeah, which my brother and I might have or might not have. That's right. You can do that when you're a kid. It doesn't matter. No, no judgment. Yeah, there's no no hair there. I don't even think there's deodorant going on at that time. No, nah, man. But yeah, nah. uh, the smooth with, with toddler was... skin. <laughs> my favorite. Uh, my favorite. My favorite tag team for sure. Yeah, I didn't put any tag teams on there. I definitely like what was Axe and Smash, the Road Warriors. Road Warriors, yeah. The the, the red arm with like the spikes. Yeah, yeah. Those guys were fucking and they had like face paint. They, those guys were badass. Uh I didn't put any um I didn't put any tag team, but they were pretty sick. That's and then the bushwhackers were nuts, right? Because they were just like they were just wild now. Yeah, they're just wild now. No, no uh, one actually knew the rules of a tag team fight. Like, I guess you had to like hold on to the corner and then you had to tag them, but you could come in the ring, like both of you for like 15 seconds or something. Like just a little make it up as we go, but entertaining. Uh, there's nothing better. I'm glad you brought up this up now because there was nothing more exciting than watching a tag team match and just some dude like fucking axe just getting smashed and then the guy just reaching like leaning over yeah trying to get it pure drama shaking to get pulled back and then like once that contact and he would just fire in with all this energy crazy oh yeah just stomping people out yeah that was great that was so good (laughs) (laughs) so good um i went he i i try to keep it to wwf I, I did not go wcw when that yeah. kind of came in i didn't that. get into wcw until like later i think until like they combined or a bunch of guys were over there but i was i wasn't a wc we were wwf house unfortunately yeah, yeah for sure for sure uh do you remember the little like uh wwf like dolls basically like the the plush dolls that they made with like hulk hogan and the wrestling buddies yeah the wrestling buddies yes they're called wrestling buddies i absolutely yeah. remember those because we had a room full of them. My brother and I, we would make a Royal Rumble that would have like our four wrestling buddies in there. Yeah. And then the other stuffed animals we had. And yeah. then we slowly eliminate the stuffed animals. Did I tell you this? Until it was just like him and I at the end. And then we like wrestle. Like we would, we did like wrestling tournaments, like oh, very yeah. first brackets I was making. Oh, life was oh, so was simple and pure. I love it. No, it's great. It's every little boy and little girl has done that. Uh, I'm going to go. Uh, he's a Hall of Famer. I love him. Everyone knows the woo. I'm going Ric Flair. Oh, yeah. He had a moment. He had a cup of coffee, and then he went over to WCW, and I forgot about him. Oh, that's true. okay. I didn't know. I thought he was a WCW guy the entire time. He was, yeah, but he had a cup of coffee with the WWF in like late '80s, early '90s, because that's what I thought too. And I was like, no, no, I remember him like squaring off. But then, you know, but if we're talking wrestler. You can't really not have the conversation without Ric Flair. So, I, I, but I do, I docked him for not being a WWF guy all the way through. But Ric Flair, one of the fucking great fucking wrestlers, hilarious. I love I love Ric Flair. That's great. The Nature Boy. Um, I think he also has like a dock out, or I listened to like an interview of him. Oh, you're right. No, no, no. You're right. I think he does have a documentary out. Yeah, which is just like. It's kind of nuts to see like how hard these guys like lived. <laughs> like it was. Oh you know. yeah, I mean, well, just by some of the the after after wrestling, like those, some of those are you know beyond the ring. I think is one of those documentaries too. Like those are pretty gnarly. Yeah. Um, but the like Andre, the Andre the Giant one is a that's a great doc. 
that is a very good doc uh, that, but that's also like his entire life too which is just being like a ginormous man but i know there's like and i haven't seen it and he might show up on your list but you know fucking macho man has a documentary out too oh that's crazy i could i could watch all those documentaries uh, jake the snake has like two documentaries yes on jake the snake is like a fucking bad dude like, yeah. Yeah, yeah jake the snake found some of that Oh, there's like nose candy. Might be that meth candy. <laughs> yeah, he's on my console bracket, by the way, Jake the Snake. Okay. Uh, all right. So Bushwhackers, I'm giving, I think if you put a thermometer underneath your armpit, reads 98 degrees. So I'm going to get 98 on that Ric Flair. Nature Boy, 75 degrees outside. So in nature. So 98 to 75. I like it. I like it. Nice pull. Nice pull. Thanks, bro. Uh, my number two, this might come as a little bit of a shock. I got a little cute. Um, do you remember when, so the wrestler's last name is Nash, but he was originally Diesel. And I think yes. he was like tag team partners with Earthquake. But it's just like, it's early kind of bad guys. And this is before before he, uh, I think the NWO, the New World Order, which I think Nash was a part of. Yes. He used to, he was originally called Diesel, like late 80s. And he was just like, it's like so fucking tall and big. And they have yeah, like he was like a seven seat. footer. Yeah, 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 yeah. He looked like a fucking truck driver, but he would enter the ring by just like kind of taking his leg, like just going like right over the top. Like I just love, I remember the video game playing the shit out of him, like in the later ones and just like digging. So I, I, I like it. I like it. Um, Nash. I don't know what his first name is. I think it was, wasn't it Kevin Nash? Is it Kevin Nash? Yeah, I think Kevin sounds closer. But that yeah. was his like second character after Diesel retired. It's kind of weird how some of these guys just kind of like retired. You know, I gotta say my console bracket. Oh no, I'm gonna have to change. I'm gonna say my console bracket Ultimate Warrior, which was my old number one. But I have the number one of number ones. I can't believe I almost forgot him. This pod barely saved. I would have called you later tonight, been like, bro, we gotta re-record Nia. I fucked up. I fucked up. I, I fucked but, up. I saved, I saved it in time. Who's your number two, buddy? My number two, Brett the Hitman Hart. Oh, nice. Brett the Hitman Hart was really good. He had the fucking, like, I don't know, like, always looked wet. He had the pink, oh, pink fucking. Had the know. grit. You're right. Had the greasy hair the entire time. Like, had the stones, like, to rock, rock pink. Before, yes. Like, dude, they're really, really wearing pink. Yeah. Cool was, nickname. I love Brett the Hitman Hart. Won the fucking. Yeah. Won the title and had the the fucking the sharpshooter the leg lock like everyone got did a leg lock like the you know the basically like you wrap your legs and then you spin them over and kind of like crab them up you know what I mean yep. so that was a fucking badass move yeah hundred percent um okay so Brett the hitman always looked like he walked in from one hundred three degrees of humidity. And diesel 84 inches tall. So we'll do that. Beautiful. All right, buddy. Uh, you got any concept before we get to the number ones? Yes. Um, do you remember Mr. Perfect? I do remember Mr. Perfect. You like Mr. Perfect? I no, I just remember him. I thought he was a great wrestler. He was a great, like bad guy, villainous. And I loved the thing that I loved the most about Mr. Perfect is that he would always chomp gum. And then when he would get into the ring, he would fire his gum out and smack it with his hand into the <laughs> fucking audience, which I thought was like just so badass to do. I thought yeah. it was great. 
I remember I, thinking it's, it's, it was a little weird for his name to be Mr. Perfect, and he was like, he was a little chubby, right? Yeah, he yeah, he was, like a, the, he was kind of fat. Yeah, he wore onesie. It's just like, I don't know. I mean, those abs ain't perfect, that's sure. I, yeah, he, he came at it with some real, like, you know, video game like video gamer energy where it's like come on you're not that you're not that good man like who do you think you are you can't be saying that shit yeah um and then like uh obviously there was ted dibiase the fucking million dollar man oh yeah he was a wild dude to watch there's i saw this thing they were laughing at it. it made me laugh so hard where and if you're out there listeners pause our 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 podcast and go out and find it there's a thing where and he he brings a little boy up on stage. He's one of those like you know things where he's got Virgil, and he's like yeah. he's like you pretty good at dribbling a basketball, and he was like yeah. And then he was like, all right, I'll pet you one hundred dollars. You can dribble that basketball twenty times in a row. And this little kid's like yeah. The crowd's going nuts, and he starts dribbling the basketball. It's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, all the way up to like seventeen, eighteen. It's like seventeen, eighteen, and DiBiase just fucking. <laughs> punts the ball just fucking punts the ball and everyone's booing he's like ah oh, sorry kid and folds the money up and walks off fucking <laughs> wild. was was the million dollar man a bad a bad guy yes he had a manservant virgil and and yeah. he was not a good dude yeah i should remember all those like you remember bam bam bigelow bam bam bigelow he did the, the cartwheels yeah did you have that nintendo game the wwf nintendo game like that is oh burning. yeah 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 fucking the fucking uh boss man the fucking, oh like, yeah big big, big boss big, big yeah, bad big, boss man or something yeah yeah That's that right. dude was a bit hacksaw jim duggan oh yeah. <laughs> john hanging out wait was yeah. mr perfect number one no mr perfect was part of my console my number one and I didn't go, I didn't get cutesy with it because everyone's going to go, oh, Hulk Hogan. Yes, we all love Hogan. Hogan. We all loved, we were all Hogan. But I, I, this one guy, anytime he, I got fired up and I always wanted to be him. You mentioned him earlier. It's the ultimate fucking warrior. Yeah, He's ultimate like warrior. Yeah. Shaking the fucking ring. The fuck, his finishing move of just like fucking shoulder pressing dudes and then dropping yeah. them and then running across. Really- he was a maniac to watch. Right, yeah, created like basically became the poster child or like patient zero for roid rage for sure. <laughs> right, 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 <laughs> like, right, right, right. He was always fired up. It was weird too, like I couldn't ever figure out what he looked like. Right. Like if I passed Ultimate Warrior on the street, like I would have no idea it was him. I mean, especially, I guess just for the fact that he would just be wearing like this singlet or whatever, I'd be like, oh, you're right. probably Ultimate Warrior. But yeah, I didn't know. Um, Ultimate Warrior was my favorite. And he should have been probably where Diesel is, like on the two slot, if I had to redo this. So I'm going to have to give you the win, even Ooh. though you're almost disqualified for Ric Flair. Right. But he did. You said he had a cup of coffee twice there. So I'm going to have to look that up and check it. But just because my list is a little fucked up. But this is definitely my number one in The Undertaker. Yes. Love the Undertaker. Fucking Paul Bearer. Yeah. Now, I think you did it. Usually, listen, he does like a podcast interview too. I think he's like, did he do it like the longest or something? Like, he did I don't it for know, a like long time. Yeah, he's around. I also kind of, I didn't get into this guy until after, but I've been watching just some like YouTube videos on him and stuff just because it's such a fascinating character. Uh, like Nick Foley. 
like mankind or whatever that guy did some like nutty shit you remember like the sock puppet yeah he had the sock puppet he fucking threw it he had the uh, like the steel cage match with undertaker and threw himself off like 20 feet in the air like that dude was reckless yeah, yeah that dude was he was like fucking nuts and he's like and he actually retired from us like um i don't know if you've seen a documentary or something but i'm I can gobble up the wrestling documentary. Yeah. But you, sir, will gobble up the victory. Down nostalgic lane. Um, okay, uh, Brendan again we corner, bring us to the jam real fast. um any big surprises you're seeing right now so by the time you guys listen to this podcast uh i mean we'll get it out quick but um we're through game twos on most of this stuff like are the clippers in trouble the clippers are down oh two to the Mavs. i think they are in trouble they they play tonight as we as we pod so we'll see how that goes but i think i think they're in in hot water yeah so they're plus 1600 to win the championship which is the same for the Dallas Mavericks. So just uh, let's go through our top five because, I mean, it ain't going to matter by the time we get to, like, the Knicks and obviously the Celtics and the Wizards, which are uh, plus 30 grand. Right. We always do kind of talk that, like, the NBA is, of all the leagues, the one that finds, like, the truest champion. Um, So the odds right now is we have Brooklyn Nets plus 185, Lakers plus 400, Bucks plus 550, 76 with plus 700, Jazz plus 700. So let's just kind of look at those top five right there. Right. So I guess um, 76ers, that seems like kind of a good payday. But I mean, it's just right now like the the Nets in the driver's seat, but to be a one seed, I guess our one seed is on both sides plus 700. Yeah, I was going to say, I actually kind of like both of those teams, right? We saw, I mean, the the 76ers are look, looking like they're going to take care of business against the Wizards. Yeah. And having that home court advantage a little bit seems to be somewhat beneficial. Um, and then Utah is split right now, but they had a good comeback win and, and Donovan Mitchell came back to the lineup. So maybe that's going to get a little bit of juice as well, too. But yeah, I mean, you know. I like that at plus 700. Why wouldn't you want to go with the the number one seeds at plus 700? Yeah, so let's talk a little bit about just gambling strategy. Here's where you can make money, especially um, with the uh, the websites now like um, PropSwap or stuff like that where you can actually pay for a ticket before it cashes just because when the value changes. Right. Let's say the 76ers get to the Eastern Conference final against the Nets. Like, their odds to win the change by buying this $700 ticket and then like pulling out by the time they get to this just like if, if they're one of four teams left if it's 76ers nets um and then on this other side we have like whatever like uh the jazz and uh the lakers and their odds the with four teams left, like I don't think their odds would be that high. So I'm saying, like, get right. the ticket now. And right. 
yeah, so do that. Yeah, yeah. lesson learned. Lesson learned. No, no, no. <laughs> right. Yeah, sorry. No, that <laughs> makes that makes a lot of sense. I mean, you're 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 buying the value now in the ticket, right? Because because when you have a one and four shot, it's never going to be plus seven hundred. So I mean, that makes a, a a shit ton of sense, and they sensibly have the the easiest path to get there, right? So. Yeah, the Nets, the Nets at plus 185, I don't think that's quite uh, a good enough return on investment to do that. I mean, you're not even like doubling your money. Right. Um, Lakers plus 400, that's super interesting, right? Because, I mean, if they're able to win this game, then I mean, they don't see the Jazz until uh, the Western Conference. Right. Yeah, I'm still actually kind of interested that they're like plus 400. I think they start – I mean – it's interesting that the that one loss to the Suns like dropped in because I think they started at like plus two eighty five or or something like that. Like they were they were the yeah. second favorite to to the Nets early on. So it was interesting to see that just one loss kind of dropped them that much. Yeah, that's true. It'd be weird to see like kind of what's affecting that. Also, like um, I don't know, like the the Mavericks comment because they'll have the um, no, they won't have the Clippers Mavericks next they have the trailblazers trailblazers um nuggets with the trail nuts yeah the winner of that series so we'll do that yeah so um i think at this stage uh you can either be betting single games or if you have access to something like a prop swap then i would get in just a team you'd like to see to the finals because these yeah these all seem kind of super i mean just kind of this layout like there's not a clear someone's going to run away with it i mean you got the nets kind of favored but besides that, like your one seeds at plus seven hundred is pretty uh pretty good return on your money. Yeah, yeah. I think out of all of them, I mean Milwaukee's plus five fifty, you know, they're gonna go. I think they're already up three oh on the heat. You know, yeah, you maybe, but I, I, I agree with you. I think the seventy sixers at plus seven hundred and the jazz at seven hundred, plus seven hundred just makes the most sense, right? They've they've got home court advantage all the way. Like yeah, it's a good it's a good bet on that bet, and you can you like you said you've talked about plenty of times you can kind of hedge you can make that bet today because the value is right and then hedge when they get to the eastern conference finals or finals yep exactly that's exactly what you want to do and i think these odds are definitely strong enough to do something like that i mean especially as long as you think these guys are going to get in their conference finals which, which i do um all right buddy before we wrap up with the mvp and this dynamite episode 170 and let you get your weekend on let you i mean not get dressed i like what you're wearing Thanks, bro. This is this is the, I, this is this is the holiday formal right here. <laughs> um, what's the uh, just your biggest surprise coming out of the NBA playoffs thus far? I mean, the biggest surprise so far, obviously, Game One, the the Suns punching the Lakers in the mouth, or you know, and and Anthony Davis not playing great in that. Um, but honestly, like the hot shooting of the Dallas Mavericks, you know, they're the the Clippers effectively you know they kind of lost the last couple of games so that they could play the mavericks because they clearly thought that this is going to be the best matchup for them and then just to get rocked oh two and just don uh luka Doncic just playing unbelievable uh hardaway shooting really well i mean the their backs are squarely up against the wall and then it's like now if i'm the clippers i just traded all that fucking capital to get Paul George, to get, you know, to bring Kawhi in. It's like, fuck, man, what do we do? Yeah, I want to talk about that. Well, a little fun fact, I failed a bunch of other podcasts until you were my pod partner, bro. Then oh, I just thanks, bro. Out of the fucking park. You absolutely did, bro. Podcast. Um, all right, guys, 
It may be sports podcasts. You can choose an email. It may be sports podcast at gmail.com. By the time you guys hear this, your holiday weekend will be over, or it'll be the last day of it. But thanks for tuning in. Um, I am Brandon, MVP of the week, real fast. I'm going to do 76ers for banning that fan. Yeah. Uh, Got to get, we all know my take on fans. Probably circle back on it. Just time to let these athletes up in the stand and just kind of talk about, hey, what'd you do with that popcorn? I don't get it. Right. And then bounce you down some stairs. Yeah. Every step of the way, <laughs> dribble your head down there. Uh, Nick's got after it too with their fan as well too. They had a fan incident as well with Trey Young. So I think that they, <laughs> they found him and tracked him down. Um, yeah, good call. I'll go with uh, Tom Brady. He and... Um, Oh shit. Phil Mickelson are going up on a, another matchup against uh, Bryson DeChambeau. I don't know how to say his fucking name and Aaron right. Rodgers, and, uh, and Tom Brady laying out some hot sauce online, some memes. Yeah. Just so, when I thought like Brady was just kind of like a square, like over the last like couple of years, like just him, like kind of not giving a fuck he just like shots fired on his social media he's he's fun to watch just getting drunk on avocado tequila (laughs) fucking throwing the trophy from fucking boat to boat i love it it's awesome oh and anybody slamming aaron Rodgers is a friend of mine exactly that's Uh, what i thought you're gonna fucking love it i guess thanks for tuning in i'm brandana once you sign yourself off most awesome Hello, mates. You've been watching episode 170. I'm M. M. A. is Brandana. We're signing off. Runway, style, fame, she likes fashion.